0: Hey everybody, it is Nick Bradley here and welcome to today's show. Now, today's conversation is one of the most interesting and certainly one of the most powerful ones that I've ever had on ScaleUp. Joining me today is Nick Kumalatsos. He is a 12-year Special Operations Marine Corps veteran. He is also now very much a speaker and an incredible entrepreneur. But what we're going to get into today is... The concept of transitions. You see Nick had to make many many changes in his life and in his career and he wrote a book actually a few years ago called Excommunicated Warrior which was Nick's transition out of the special operations and how he had to integrate back into the civilian world. Now the reason I wanted to have Nick on the show is that you know you don't have to have the extreme example of going from the military and you know back into the wide world as we know it, to have changes and transitions in your life. Now, Nick's story is incredibly powerful, but I can certainly connect and reflect on the things that have happened to me in the past and the changes, the choices, the inflection points, if you like, that have allowed me to get to where I am today. And what's really interesting about this conversation, and I don't want to say too much because, as I said from the outset, it's incredibly powerful. You have to experience and feel it is that we all go through these things. And quite often we don't realize that in the heat of the moment, in the thick of it, the thing that feels the most painful is actually taking us to a a much better place.
1: There's this fear, you get stuck in this thing and you don't wanna have the conversation with your wife. You don't wanna apply for the job. You don't wanna register the business that you're gonna start your business. You don't wanna start the book. You don't wanna network. Whatever the thing is, you don't do it. And what I mean by that is you're stuck in the chapter. I was stuck in a chapter of being a Marine Raider, being a special operations Marine, because I thought this, what if that was the best chapter of my life?
0: So I'm going to leave it there today and not say too much, because as I said, this is one of the most powerful conversations we've ever had on scale up. Welcome to the show, Nick from the Hey everybody, it is Nick Bradley here. Welcome to another week, another amazing guest on my show. Today, we're going to have a conversation that literally could go anywhere and the reason for that is my guest today has had a pretty colorful life and continues to do some pretty interesting things post a very decorated um career in the military what we're going to get into today is a bit of that but we're also going to talk about transitions and one of the things that i particularly like about where this can go is that a lot of people who are listening to this show all the time are going through major transitions, be that entrepreneurial journeys, changes when they exit their companies. There's a lot about identity in that and who you need to be and who you need to become. So welcome to the show today, Nick Kumalatsos. Did I pronounce it okay?
1: No, I still <laughs> messed it up.
0: <laughs> I was trying, before the, before the show, Nick, I, I just yeah. said that I, everyone knows this by the way, I always, I, there's, a, there's a backstory behind it. I always get it wrong but hopefully my attempt
1: was it's, at least okay. it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you got Nick right
0: we've got two Nicks going you know backwards yeah. and forwards today well listen Nick yeah. welcome to the show today thanks um, for having me on no nah, it's gonna be good fun well let's let's talk a little bit about this because you know I've done a bit of research on your background and and all the stuff and you've done some pretty interesting things in the military and then had to make some different decisions and choices post that but let's start right yeah. there let's start at the beginning H- how did you get into the military
1: um, <laughs> so fun, you know, funny story. I actually, I was doing very well as a teenager. I was making like four grand almost a week, um, as like a 16, 17 year old kid. And, uh, I, I, for some reason I saw my future 20 years ahead and I kind of panicked cause I was like, oh, wow, this could just kind of be it. I could be doing this, this lifestyle could be it. Which, you know, not bad, but for somebody who, like me, who grew up with constantly changing, like I was in a different school every six months. We moved around every six months all over the United States. And um, as much as I hated it as a kid, I, I kind of became accustomed to change. Yeah. And I got, I, I found myself in this rhythm. I moved out of my house very young and, um, and I was living on the beach in Panama City, Florida. Uh, and, you know, just kind of living the life, right? I had dropped out of school. Well, I got my GED, my general education diploma. So I wasn't in school anymore. And I'm making all this money, and I, I had this moment of, of clarity of oh, this could be my life from, you know, sixteen to thirty six.
0: And what was the, what was the problem, if there was one, at that thought, at that kind of idea that that's what you were
1: doing? Oh my God, uh, stagnation, redundancy, Groundhog Day.
0: So the money scared. wasn't a massive driver at this point. It was kind of like uh, no, you must have been I've earning learned. more money than your than your peers and your mates and stuff.
1: Oh, of course, I paid for everything. Now I don't know where any of that Nick, I don't know how I don't know where all that money went by the way. <laughs> when I've you never
0: when been. you when you're in your 20s, I know probably where it went, but I mean, <laughs> just to segue slightly here, what yeah. what was the parental influence, you know, for you growing up?
1: Uh, single mom. Yeah. Um had my brother uh have a sibling with my uh, on my on my dad side, but I didn't grow up with him. Um, not really a huge huge influential part of my of my life as you know growing up. Um, but that's pretty much it.
0: Did your mum did your mum bring you up? Then was there much yeah. other male influence? Yeah, she
1: and, and you know to her credit, you know we were very very poor, but I mean the woman worked like two jobs to to sometimes to make stuff happen, uh, which obviously left me and my brother to to our own devices majority of the time. Yeah, so gotcha. there was a bit of. There's a bit of trouble that we would get into and some we would run some scams uh <laughs> in certain little towns um anyways you know it's what kids do there's
0: a there's some alignment here I I was brought up by my mom as well yeah. my dad wasn't around he left when I was two and then my grandfather had a, an influence in in my growing up but Same. it's in, it's yeah. interesting isn't that when my you grandfather my
1: grandfather did as well uh, very stoic very stoic yep. individual um uh, World war II, or not sorry uh Vietnam vet Korean Vietnam vet um, 20 something, 22 years in the army paratrooper. Yeah. Um, okay. so came back, obviously that was, that was before I was born. And, uh, so very, anyways, very, very calm, very stoic individual. And, uh, he had, a, he had a big hand in my life as well, but yeah, anyways, I just, I, I got really accustomed to that kind of way of life, even though I hated it. It's ironic, right? I, I hated that. Um, when I was a kid, I was like, man, I just want to like stay stationary for a second. Right. And just like have some friends and have a normal yeah. life. And then you get older and you realize like, oh, man, what a gift that was to be able to be that flexible, to be comfortable with change, be comfortable with movement. Um, And it served me in the military as well, because when I remember seeing a lot of kids that grew up in the same house, never moved, never traveled and never lived out of a backpack, sleeping on floors in random places. And for me, that was just like, okay, no big deal. Um, (laughs) So so you've gone
0: from this 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 job, you know, that you looked forward and thought, you know what, this ain't going to be me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the, the, the military is a bit of a step away from that. Right. Or is it always yeah, it... so the
1: military is like, I'm going to, and, and I, I make a joke of it. When I tell the story, I'm like, I hit the, uh, I hit the nuclear button. the the <laughs> nuclear option. I just blew my life up. <laughs> okay, Um, on. and I go did, on. I just come, I had this job, I was making lots of money and I, uh, so I went and talked to the recruiter to join the, to join the Marine Corps and they came back and told me no. And I said, I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? No. Like, well, you're a, you're a convicted felon. You have two felonies. You have a bunch of misdemeanors. You're a high school dropout. You did drugs. You were in a gang, blah, 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 blah. The the laundry list of um, debauchery continued. And I said, yeah, but I was, you know, 13, I'm 17 now. And uh, they're like, yeah, that doesn't matter. I'm like, but I was a kid. Doesn't matter. I was like, okay. So, the worst
0: excuse my ignorance here but i kind of thought in some cases the military was the place where they they would bring people like that or what you went through to kind of knock it out of you
1: sure sure. and certain administrations you gotta keep in mind when i joined the military it was under the uh the clinton administration okay so they were they were sizing the military down they were they didn't want a military they were cutting you know military funding and You know, so it wasn't, it wasn't the ideal time. Now, if I would have waited a couple of years, obviously after September 11th, they were like, do you breathe? Yes. Come on in. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. So it, it, there's a, there's an ebb and flow of, of how that system rolls. But anyways, um, and we're kind of right now we're kind of back to the other system. Um, but they told me no. And that was honestly with my personality, that was the worst thing they ever could have told me because now I got hyper-focused. And that's when I say I hit the nuclear option because I literally blew up my life for the next two years so I could join the military. Um, got rid of that job, left my house, moved in with my grandmother, uh, took a minimum wage job work at nights at a movie theater. Um, went to college, um, got a hundred letters of recommendation. I mean, I just went. That was that be, had become my sole focus. And funny thing about the job, I go from making almost four grand a month or four grand a week to I got my first check. And you got to keep in mind, this is like, I think 1998. So I got my first check at working at the movie theater. And I think it was like $155. Oh my God. For two weeks.
0: So 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 so, if I go back a step here, it was painful doing this thing that was going to take you forward to whatever it was going to be when you're 30s right. and whatever, but four grand a week. And now a hundred yeah. 100 bucks.
1: <laughs> 155 bucks in two weeks. And I remember, I distinctly remember going, how do people live? Cause I, I think the minimum wage back then was maybe 475, something like that an hour. And I was just like, how do people survive off of this? Why
0: did you have to do this? So, gang, let's let's fill the story out here. Fill in okay. the blanks, right? Cause they, like, you know, did you have to sh- demonstrate a certain way of being before you would be accepted? H- no,
1: they they told me no for these different reasons. Yeah. And so what the so what I did was I said, okay, show me. I said basically I said, What are the objections? Then they started telling me and i just nick i just started knocking out the objections one at a time they're like first one the first one you have a ged you can't have a ged i was like okay what if i'm a college student like, well that's a different story okay well i'll go to college so i did a semester of college that negated okay. the ged now i'm a high now i'm a college dropout which is acceptable college dropouts acceptable high school high school dropout, dropout is not acceptable um so we'll take a college dropout all day long okay. so now i'm a yeah. college dropout so that that negated that. Um, and then it was the felonies, which I got a waiver for. I had a hundred letters of a recommend, I think over a hundred letters of a recommendation from people. So that actually got wavered, Um, Which that funny, those felonies actually bought me, uh, bit me in the ass later on in life, um, which got handled, but nonetheless. Um, and then there was, you know, a bunch of other things. I had to have a test. I had to take a bunch of different tests because I was on, at one point after juvie, they put me on this medication, which I was on for like literally a day. And then I never took it again. But because I was on it, it was like a ADHD meds. You know, the doctors, they're like, oh, well, he's just troubled youth. He just has ADHD. Put him on these medication and he'll be fine.
0: And then it stays uh, on your record pretty much forever. once and then, it's Yeah, there, exactly.
1: Yeah. And then it stays on your record. So I had to have like some psyche valves, which then they found out I was crazy. So they denied me there. So it was just one thing after the other. That's why I went on like, I just, I just, i would not take no for an answer
0: and what was the what was the fascination or desire to join like obviously after you were told no i get the fact that you turned the 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 switch on but why the initial initial together?
1: yeah just just because it was the most you know in that time frame it was just so radical it's such Go a on. radical change and oh. i wanted to i wanted to do something radically different
0: Okay. So this and is I, kind of right. I mean, I'm sure there were transitions before this that we're not going to get into today, but this is, yeah, this is another yeah. one. Of I know we're going to talk about transitions post your experience. Um, in yeah. The military, th- that but was, this is was definitely well. a
1: transition. Yeah. It was, it was, it was one of those things. It was like, I need a radical life change. Like I don't like the trajectory that I'm on. So I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to choose a very drastic change. That's going to set me on a different course. And the reality is fast forward, that was a very significant decision that has cha- that changed the course of my life and my success as i as i stand here talking to you today that decision that one singular decision um i would do not you be- be- do you
0: believe and, and this is going to sound a bit kind of woo-woo but i kind of you know we've, we've had plenty of people on this show who've <laughs> of course some interesting stories yeah do you believe that that was kind of you know a destiny thing like you know you were supposed to go down that path and i do and oh, i'm not man. saying i'm not trying to decide say there's no control over the decision of, of fate saying,
1: and things like that yeah, yeah exactly um i don't know that's a great question i i, I think about that actually a lot and i, I don't know because we all make choices right mm-hmm. when i go back like i definitely don't regret anything even the bad stuff because i'm a geek at heart right like you don't mess with the timeline you do one little thing and then the whole thing changes like that so i can't change even, i can't even change the bad stuff right because i like where i'm at today
0: yeah, yeah. it serves you it's a um, gift so i get that
1: yeah so so you know i, I don't know i don't have a solid answer to that but it uh it definitely seems that way at some point
0: the reason i ask it is like as i I mentioned you know there's i've I've interviewed some really interesting people on this show and there's usually consistent threats things that kind of one of those for
1: certain certain people that are in in certain positions in life right yeah i mean normally
0: yeah there's there's a point and and it is kind of under the transitions banner to some extent Mm -hmm. and i can talk from my own personal experience where I had to go into some pretty dark places that forced me to make different decisions but right. then I look back in hindsight and go that kind of path was always there before that happened. I just didn't see it the path
1: yeah right things, ladies, things like ladies, that yeah ladies and gentlemen do not leave this podcast because I'm gonna get to some things that are that are gonna like really blow your mind here but we' just got to get through the story part. We got to lay the foundation before <laughs> I can blow your mind. Oh shut up uh, now go no no no, no. <laughs> the foundation is important otherwise there's no context. Um, so anyways, yeah, so I finally, so this is, geez, man. So I finally get the green light after two years of just painstaking back and forth, you know, getting denied, going up there, failing a test, you know, getting denied one, one way or another, you know, constantly, constant setbacks for almost two years. And, uh, Nick, you're not going to believe it, man. I finally get the green light. They're like, you're going, you're going, and I show up and I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. And uh, on day seven of being there, I broke my wrist in training.
0: So and and again, ignorance or whatever. If you break your wrist or break your leg, what happens? You're out. Usually,
1: no, not not no. They got you. They don't want to let you go. <laughs> so you go to a uh, medical rehabilitation platoon, but you don't change the status of your station. So when you're in the, when you're in uh, Marine Corps recruit training, you're what's called a recruit. You don't even speak in the, in the first person you have to, you have to refer to yourself as the third person. Yes. Okay. So Marine Corps recruit training is about three months long and I was there for five and a half months. So I had to speak in the third person for five and a half months. I had to have this lifestyle for a little bit extra time while I'm hurt and recovering.
0: And how, how do you, how do you do that? I mean, I suppose there's a point after a period of time, it just becomes normality to you,
1: but you, there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a certain level of brainwashing that takes place that you just be kind of have like this Stockholm syndrome situation to where you're just like, I'm this is my life. Now I live here. I speak in the third person. Did you not, ever,
0: have any regrets at that first part in that first oh, five months? Did you go, what man. the hell am I doing? No, no, no,
1: Nick. Listen, there's a whole story here, man. Like I get dropped and I show up to I get dropped to this uh this medical rehabilitation platoon. They're like, You're gonna live here. And I walk in. The drill instructors are yelling at all these injured people, playing games with them, telling them, you know, go go get two sheets and a blanket, come back online, go grab this, go do this, run over here, do push ups. And they're like all broken. Looks like something out of like a Vietnam like war hospital. Like the guys are like burnt, guys are got bat- bandages on their head. One guy's in a wheelchair with a cast up to his up to his hip because he broke his femur. Um, there was a guy in the corner that was beating himself in the head with a flashlight. Um, there was a guy in the in the bathroom trying to hang himself to kill himself. I mean holy it was sh- holy shit. I mean it, it was madness. Madness. I walked into like a freak show. <laughs> I mean, has got to be a point it. here
0: where you're going back. That 4K a week was looking pretty damn good. Yeah, like, even yeah. if it's boring as I crap, you'll think.
1: <laughs> I, I walked in. I saw all this taking place, and I go, "I have, I have, I have made a a major mistake in my life." I'm still, have, visual- I'm have... still
0: visualizing the guy with the with the flashlight in his head. Yes, I'll never okay. forget that.
1: Yeah. <sighs> And, uh, and you got to keep in mind a lot of this, a lot of this has to do with people kind of faking it and trying to think, act like they're crazy so they can get out and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. Um, you know, and this was in the, the, the no ass don't tell. So guys would go in there and they'd be like, I'm gay. And they're like, okay, well, if you're gay, kiss your boyfriend. And then they would kiss. They're trying to like, they would just lie try trying to say that they, they got out anyways. Um, so I, I showed up and I saw all this and I was like, yeah, I think I'm gonna go ahead and um I'm gonna go ahead and exit. I'll go home, I'll get healthy and then I'll come back. Um and the re- the the percentage the percentage of people that do that are are pretty much nil. It's like very very small position. Are,
0: are you of, allowed to leave because you said before no no, no, they, no, no. they've got no. you and I, and I, I kind of just want I, what does that actually mean that they, they've got you for a number of years you've signed up for a period of yeah, time. yeah you've
1: signed a four-year or five-year contract like you they they own you for that period of time
0: so the exiting bit like go home rehab come back that's not really a thing then
1: that's not really a thing I was just got trying it. to make it a thing because
0: what I'm hearing <laughs> oh here course. a little bit is um let's say you hate the first two weeks right and mm-hmm. you break your leg <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, you, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there must've been people in that in that place that were faking just to get out of the whole thing, right?
1: Sure, but the the answer is no.
0: Yeah, I, know, I'm, I'm, I, I totally get that you can't. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, when you're in the pit of despair, you kind of do whatever you can.
1: Yeah, and I told them, I said, hey, this isn't for me. This is not what I signed up for. And they were just laughed at me and said, you just go back to your, your rack. You're not going anywhere. Um, wow. So once I got over the whole like pity party of me, In my situation. Um, And this is really where I think the lesson is. I turned my excuses into reasons. So I I quadrupled down. So it's like being in like, imagine yourself being in prison and being a victim and being depressed and crying in the corner and getting beat up all the time. Right. You can do that or you can own it and make it your reality and then make that area of which you are the situation that you're in. In the most positive one possible so once i got through this whole freaking pity party nick pity party situation and complaining and asking to get out of there and crying and acting like a little bitch um which is the way i the way i remember the my story i don't know if it was exactly like that but i consider it just a very bitch moment of wanting to quit and go home and that sort of thing i am and get it i'm like I've got no hand. It's completely cast up. I'm, you know, I'm completely wrapped up and I've got one, one hand, one, um, one hand to use, but I just dedicated myself to learning everything possible. So what I mean by that is not only the knowledge of which you need to graduate of the mill of that of of recruit marine corps recruit training but i also learned everything i could about the system who the drill instructors were what are their rotations why does somebody go here why does somebody go here how does the how does the whole game work i paid attention i made i made you know, friends. I made uh, almost like sources. Like I would get the, I would get, I finally got John instructors to kind of break roles and kind of talk to me like a human being. I learned about their family, how they, how they do what they do. Why, why are John instructors here versus there? What's the rotation? I learned everything. I just went on a, an information seeking thing to where I was going to make the system work for me.
0: So let's, let us let me ask you this before we go any further, right? So the point of, you know, when you go through change, there's stages of change, right? People say about denial, yeah. acceptance, all that. At what point did you accept it and did something happen? I mean, accepting that this is your reality and now I'm going to own it, right? Was there something that happened? Like, um, did you speak to someone or an incident? Or was it, I mean, just trying to work out how your mind switched. I don't, to that. I don't, rem,
1: I don't remember a, sp- a specific incident of which something happened. I remember, I remember being down. I remember making excuses and being upset and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, but I remember it was, it was short lived. Uh, I actually got the flu around the same time. <laughs> so I,
0: okay.
1: I got, I got the crud all the same and time. Why, why not?
0: Why not just add something else? To yeah. Why not there? add,
1: add, uh, you know, add some icing to the cake. But um, uh, once I got f- over that, I were just, I just distinctly remember going, okay, this is where I'm at. What are you going to do about it, Nick? And I just put my kind of like my criminal hat back on of my old past life. And I said, okay, you're a smart guy. You're street smart. Figure this shit out, man. And I did. And not only did I do, but I I used it to my advantage. And when I went back, finally, after two and a half months, I went back to training and nobody could compete with me. I wasn't the physically, I wasn't the strongest. I wasn't the smartest. I just had an advantage. And i was going to use i was going to leverage everything that i had and the system that i had learned for my benefit so i ended up being the number one guy in the platoon and then i maintained that spot which usually is not normal um usually they kind of rotate that person through based off of like whether they do good or not but i just use i just use the system became the number one guy in the platoon and then i ended up graduating the number one guy in the company
0: so okay What does, what does that mean in terms of the system? Right? So you mentioned some of it in terms of it was influence and and those sort of bits and pieces, but, but then understanding the system and then leveraging the system are different things. So what, what is it?
1: Knowing the cycles of training, know what they're looking for, knowing the answers to the test before you get tested, help knowing the answers to the test before they even tell you the test. Okay. I mean, I turned into, I basically turned into a spy, a manipulative spy. Wow. Now this is such a stupid, like small level of things, but the, what I, what people need to realize is, is, is just take yourself and put that, put your situation in anything and anything that happens in your life. You get hurt, something happens, you get fired. It doesn't really matter what it happens. You take a negative situation and you learn from it and you turn it into benefit you. And it almost can happen at every single level. Well, the, le- the,
0: le- the lesson here, if we take it outside of this example, right? The, yeah. the lesson here is that, you know, shit happens to people, right? It does. And, and, and quite often, you know, there's that whole thing about the events, the event. It's how you react to it that makes the difference. So there's yes. that piece of this. There's a second piece though, right? Possibly a third piece, but there's definitely a second piece here, which is, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own the situation that I'm in, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to being, as you said, the bitch, right? The victim is what I would call right. it. But then I'm going to become very aware of of different things that I can do to, as you said, manipulate or I would say influence mm-hmm. the situation around me to my advantage. And I imagine, again, without going into the specifics of it, that some of those things were pretty clever and calculated. Like very, not necessarily, you know, pistols at dawn sort of stuff. I mean, I'm sure no, you was, were you were leveraging relationships, all sorts of stuff, but we basically very- winning.
1: And, th- and that's the thing is, it, and I, what, what the biggest thing I want, it was a very intentional, the word intentional choice. Mm-hmm. We all have choices to make. That was a very intentional choice that I made. I could have just sat there, twiddled my thumbs, played the game, and just been average. But I chose to use it to my advantage, I chose to leverage it. Got it. leverage my misfortune for my positive for a more positive outcome
0: and did you know I mean obviously the positive outcome in the moment is kind of just getting through this and of course being at yeah. the top but you didn't know yep. what that was going to lead to at this I point. didn't know what it
1: was going to lead to I just knew that it was going to lead to being more than average
0: got it Yeah. Have, have you always been more than average
1: <laughs> uh I guess in thought process yes and, and 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 my choices yes but you got to understand like I, I I come from you know projects and trailer parks and section eight housing and um you know like n- not having a leg up in life I didn't have a rich family didn't have a rich uncle like th- there was no I didn't have any benefits if that makes any sense, no, it does. You know so, what we'll say
0: it's, it's what I kind of call the grit and the oyster to some extent, yeah. right? Like, it's, but, but, but the reason no is you have people, you know, I didn't come from any money or anything like that either. Right. I had, I had some, some people who believed in me and then I believed more in myself when I was younger, but I do believe that that's an important thing because you might come from nothing, but if you have high standards or high levels of belief, you I'll tell you this,
1: even my family when I was getting felonies and in a gang and being just an absolute asshole, I had people in my family that saw me for who, what my potential was. And they would say, my mom used to say, I'm trying to get emotional. My mom would say, Oh, he's a rock star.
0: Yeah.
1: He's a rock star. And I'm like, and now I look back, I'm like, how did she, maybe she was just hoping (laughs) maybe she saw something even earlier in the day. Um, My grandmother, the same way they would just like, he's, he's, he's different
0: you know she, she might have also been like setting that imprint in your mind yeah. too right like I like, said you to my, know the got, uh
1: who's it uh is it is it Edison who was the light bulb remind me of the uh book. Thomas Edison Thomas Edison do you know he was kicked out of school for being dumb
0: I saw that in um the thinking grow rich book or movie they <laughs> <We> talked <laughs> about in the, that it was, in it was the book, it came, right? I think it was in the book yeah
1: yeah And they said that basically, they sent a letter, right? I think that's what it said. They sent a letter and she read the letter to him, but she changed everything.
0: That's right. That's right. And that's what I'm getting at here. Because I mean, I've got two young girls, two daughters, eight and 11. And I say to them every night, I'm proud of you every day.
1: Yeah. Right. Same. And and I I tell my son, I said, you are a a badass. Do you know that? You're an absolute badass.
0: It's like an affirmation, but proclaimed affirmation. Like, you know, Uh because they'll believe that, you know, And, and I believe that. So it's true. But... But this is I mean I asked the question because I kind of I sensed that the answer was probably yes, right, yeah, you know, right. and even if it wasn't always demonstrated or visible externally to other people, you've felt it, right
1: yeah, yeah, they felt I felt the love with, with nothing, I felt love and i felt I felt support, and even in my darkest days, in my darkest moments i I had people in my life that saw the best of me, even if I didn't see it myself,
0: mm. yeah. And that, that I think is one of those things that sometimes is underappreciated or under it's a very,
1: very, very powerful, uh, yeah. thing. Um, anyway, so yeah, I broke my wrist, ended up number one. Um, and then that started a 12 year career. So you just,
0: so you number one, out. you leave, I kind of want yeah. to go into this and then we'll, we want to definitely want to get into kind of what happens later on, but yeah, you go into the military 12 years. Give us, give us the whistle stop tour of that. I mean, obviously you've taken this mindset and this, this belief. And I, into it,
1: it was just a constant level up. It was just kind con- like, I got in, uh, didn't like my, j- I lost my job because I got hurt. So there was like a timing thing. Like you okay. have to, you have to be there at a certain, like they have it. Like as soon as you sign up for the military, they've got like your whole s- schedule lined up for the next couple of years or at least a year, right? You're going to go to boot camp and you're going go to do this training. And then you're going to go to your job training and then you're going to go to your unit. Well, if you mess that up, it messes up the whole timeline. So I lost my job. I had to pick a different job, job that was not good for me. So did that. Got into a different job. Got in trouble again, and then constantly just kind of leveled up from there. Like turned, you know, what they say, lemons in the lemonade, um, and that's a whole story into itself. But nonetheless, is I took th- I took selection at the time, which was the top of the Marine Corps, was was uh, force reconnaissance. So okay. I, got, I got the opportunity to take selection for force reconnaissance, ended up doing well, ended up as a, started out as a uh, assistant team leader, team leader uh, in combat, and then platoon sergeant, and then um, got the opportunity to, to go to selection. Once we joined special operations, I went to selection for special operations and then spent my last seven years in special operations going to combat wow. and constantly leveling up in that life as well until I felt that it was time to leave. It was my time to exit and, and to be, to be hundred percent honest, I was burnt out. I was becoming a, um, kind of like what you were talking about beforehand, like your old job. Like I just didn't like being on that side of the table.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I saw myself turning into, you got to understand doing that job and serving in that capacity, capacity and dealing with that level of evil and, and, and truly evil people. Like, you know, my job was to, to eradicate evil human beings on this earth. And I truly, I mean, evil people, and I say, and people have different subjects and they just don't, and they don't understand the level of evilness that I'm talking about, um, until you've experienced it. But I'm talking about men who will, who will put a bullet in their own kid's head right in front of you with no remorse, Man. you know, so I'm truly evil people. Nick. And, uh, so you can't do that job for a very a long time without it affecting you.
0: I mean, even doing it for, are you saying seven years were actually out in combat? Was there combat before that?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's, I mean, 12 years of this, right? I joined in 2000 and then 2001 happened and it's pretty much been game on since then. So here it is 2012 is when I exited.
0: And, and, and did you were there points before that or was it the time at that at that mark the 12 year mark that was the time or were there points be like it was building and building and building
1: no it wasn't I I didn't really see it until right at the end okay um but it was definitely building I was turning into a person that I didn't like I wasn't a happy per- individual I was a very uh disgruntled angry individual um very negative individual um not who I am today
0: and that was a choice. I mean obviously like you said beforehand they own you it's contracted uh, for the time. I
1: wouldn't I wouldn't say the mentality is a choice. I would say it's a uh, and I hate to use the word victim I, I would say it's it's kind of a victim of your circumstance.
0: Yeah. No, I can imagine if you're in that in I mean, you know, my it's an environment. is different but you're you're What in I'm it, getting it, at is you could choose to leave at that point. Like you weren't locked no, in. No, so
1: you have time like like so basically you have contracts, right? So like I I I was at the end of my third contract. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, but yeah, your environment, if you work in a very toxic, negative environment, it's going to affect you. You can make all the choices in your world, but the really only choice you have is to leave to, to to separate yourself from that environment. And I'm not saying that the environment is toxic or, you know, I'm, the environment is what it is. and, And it requires a certain type of individual to be there to do that job. I could not go back and do that job now. So, I have too so, much love. You
0: know, we we joked a little bit before pressing record about you know, sometimes people kind of meet for a reason. But my yeah. my sort of and again, I don't want to kind of even belittle anything of, of kind of going into, you know, a country and having to shoot people, right? But in the world of private equity, there was shit that we did. Like I don't want to say illegal. Unethical. <laughs> Borderline illegal. you know i mean like you know when you're talking about i mean a couple of my a couple of my deals were in the billions right yeah and and when you've got that many zeros right sitting on there there is all sorts of stuff that happens right like you know behind closed doors in this kind of private members boys club thing yeah and honestly i my story and everyone knows it on the show i went to bed one night and broke all my teeth literally crushed them because of all the stress and the, and the fact that I didn't want to be that person. So totally different, right? To your you situation. Have to make,
1: you have to make decisions that maybe don't, you don't, you don't personally oh, align with. Yeah. I mean, I like,
0: it. you know, terrible, right? And, but but terrible. there's a point, there's a point in the beginning. And again, I'm sure this is probably true to you. There's a point in the beginning where you you're kind of, that's what it is, right? You are kind of, in yeah. this environment, it is what it is. You might have a bit of a niggle that it's not mm-hmm. great, but it's kind of you, it's your identity, right? To use right. that. And then there's a point later on where it's absolutely the opposite of that.
1: Right. You you hit the nail on the head, man. Okay. And it's, it's interesting. And that's, and that's what people need to understand is they go, oh, well, I wasn't in the military. It's like these, these situations and problems are not, nece- they're not, they're not unique to the, to the military. Like transition is not unique to a, to a military service member. Like we all go through these different things. We all have to go through these, you know, questionable, um, unethical situations and and decisions that we have to make in our life in different capacities
0: yeah
1: and if you look at trauma let's okay i can i can utilize an analogy of trauma like your your brain doesn't know the difference between a traumatic event in combat and a horrific car crash where eight people die and half of them your family your brain doesn't know the difference it's just trauma there's no so so you're saying that i'm better because i have i have i have trauma from the military and that i'm better than the guy who lost half his family in a car crash car crash it's a different kind of post-traumatic stress no there's, there's no difference your brain knows no difference it's trauma
0: i suppose the only difference is you've got it continuously
1: <laughs> right
0: you know i mean like you know the person's not gonna lose his family every day but you're going to war every day and probably seeing stuff that you know
1: sure but it's not you know you got to think that those kind of things are really conditioned like i don't have i don't have trauma from you know doing things to bad guys. You know, traumas from other areas. Yeah.
0: I know. I I get it. I understand.
1: You know what I'm saying? So my point being is, is like, we're not a unique, you're not like a lot of people think that, Oh, we're, you're a unique butterfly. We're not a unique butterfly. And the reality, and I can prove it to you because I can sit down with another grown man, my age and have this conversation. And we can find things that are go, Oh damn. I was, I've been right there where you're at. My book, excommunicated warrior, the seven stages of transition I have house I have career housewives that read that book and go I thought I was reading my story. A story about me leaving special operations and my and my struggles with transition out of that. I have a housewife saying I completely resonated with your story. Right?
0: Oh I'm, I'm not surprised but I, I do want to unpack this now. I I only because because like, you know, again, you know, this is not about me today, but I could tell you stuff that would make you even, even for the stuff that you've seen in your life, I could tell you stuff that would just make your skin
1: crawl. Right.
0: right? And And, and and that's the
1: point, Nick. That's the point. That's the point is that everybody thinks that their story or their situation is so unique and that they're a special butterfly. But the truth is when you sit down and start talking to another human being, they go, oh, you're dealing with the same thing I'm dealing with. I thought I was the only one. Yeah. No, the way, it's not.
0: <laughs> no, I know it's not. <laughs> I know it's definitely not. And what, again, as I said, you know, I've been very, um, you know, very lucky to have some interesting conversations on this show and the patterns are similar, right? Like what's, what's really fascinating is some of the people who go on to achieve things that others looking in would find extraordinary usually come from a point of pain or transition as a choice that was made. Sometimes, the choice is obvious sometimes the choice is not so obvious but they've made a decision and then that has yeah. opened up something totally different so i get it and i also i mean again what what i'm really keen to go into now though is i know that when you wrote the book and you talked about the transition out of the military mm-hmm. into civilian life uh, however you determine that yeah. and and i you know you hear about this all the time i want to hear your story of that right I know we have yeah. talked a lot about your story and then I want to talk about the transition points the seven transitions because yeah. I, I agree with you fully anyone listening to this today if you've listened intently for the last half an hour or so there are points in this conversation which are going to be very applicable to you
1: yeah so I I made the decision to leave you know one of the biggest things was um you're always amped if you're if you're a footballer right you don't want to just practice you want to play the damn game you want to get mm-hmm. on the field and play the game right That's the exciting part. All the practice is just to play the damn game. Well, for us, playing the game was going on deployment. I want to go to I want to go play on the field. I don't want to just practice. I want to play in the field. So um, my last deployment to Afghanistan, it was time to go. And usually all the other ones, I'm I'm like itching to go, itching, itching to to grab my bag and get get on that plane and get at the hell over there and start playing this time I was not I looked at my kids and I was like man I'm just not ready to leave them yet I'm not ready to go there was a hesitation there that was the first it was one of the first signs that I wasn't itching to play the game
0: and that never happened before
1: never happened before
0: well, looking in hindsight what was it do you know Something was something. Was it? Was it the kids were a certain age? Think things. Yeah, back I think in the they were, I think it was a lot
1: of things. I think they were getting to a certain age. I think I'd been doing the job for a long time. I was. I was. I was a little bit tired of the politics. You know, I think at special operations, you're you're operating at a level to where you see kind of behind the curtain, yeah, if you sure. will. So you see, you play in a little bit more of a political level than you do um just at a tactical or strategic level. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I get it. I get it.
1: And, um, anyway, so it was, a, it was a combination of that. It was a combination of me being tired. Um, so it was all of, all of those things kind of culmination into one thing going, you know what? And, and being a father and a husband, I was like, I think that this is this, my priorities as I've gotten older, as we all do kind of start to shift, right? The yep. things that we find important as older men is different than what we find a point uh, important at 22.
0: Yeah. I totally get it. Totally get it. Yeah. Your priorities, particularly when you you know you become a father, things change. Yeah. There's a selfishness angle, I think, sometimes that really changes. Like, you yes. know, there's a bit where I can just be, you know, even when you're married, you can, know, well, I can still please myself and do what I want to do. But there's a different, you know, reliance on you when you have children.
1: Right, and that's and that's where it kind of came to. It kind of came to me like looking at it from a from a point of view of going, oh man, this is what I want. It doesn't align necessarily with this anymore anyways i went on my last deployment and uh kind of knowing that it was going to be my last and i um and i'm so glad i went it was the, it was by far it was the best deployment i had i had ever been on hands down coolest what what, what, what
0: defines that generally
1: just the team the operations what we were doing um the people i was with it was just the right recipe of everything and there was Mm -hmm. some bad stuff that happened on that deployment still but if I look at them all, I was like, that's, that was the best one.
0: It's Got the it. best
1: group of guys. It was the best mission. It was the best everything. And it was, it was like, you know, it's like Khabib, you know, retiring at 50 wins in the UFC, you know, it's like the, per. it's like, you went out on top. I went out on top, you know, I made the decision and it was, and I'm glad I did. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was a, I went out at the high on, at on a high.
0: I'd also, you know, maybe like to think or suggest that, you know going through that many tours and surviving and not kind of you know getting physically yeah we haven't gone through any of that i mean that's winning too right i mean yeah yeah I mean, you know i'm sort of listening to this thinking you know there, there there's playing the game and then there's you know there's winning, winning, winning there's winning winning is like coming back and <laughs> the real, like, the i know real we're going to get into the, the difficulties that happen yeah, when yeah. you come back but yeah. jesus <laughs> you know
1: no very very good point um But yeah, so I made the decision to get out, and and you know I thought I had it all figured out, and uh, I certainly did not. It was was quite quite the opposite, Um, and I don't know, you know, you know how much we want to get into, but nonetheless, um, I'll say it like this: when you do a job for a certain amount of time, and it doesn't matter what it is, and this is the reason why, like I said, I you know we'll get to the whole book and and different things, but at the end of the day, if what you do is part of your identity when that chapter ends you are going to have problems
0: mm-hmm. yeah well get that
1: so what I what I was doing my job I had no external outlets um I was all in I was a hundred percent in to my job I was a hundred percent in to what I did and, and what I did was who I was who I so was is didn't, what I did
0: you you hadn't created uh a, a new future the call of that?
1: No. It, this this was this was you know Nick the Marine Raider. Nick the force recon marine. It's the clothes that I wore, it's the kids that's it's, it's what I consumed. It was the lifestyle. It's what time I woke up. It was how I talked it was the neighborhood I lived in. It was the where my kids went to school. It was it was everything. Even out I was still holding on to it.
0: D- do the reason I bring that up and we touched on it again, this a little bit before we press record is, is I get involved in helping people leave their, their businesses. Right. And right. some cases they've been there for 30, 40 years. Right. right. They don't know anything else they may have other outlets and things that you didn't have, right. but, but the number one reason someone certainly who's in retirement age doesn't sell their company is they get cold feet through it because they don't know what, they don't know who they what, are.
1: what, what, yeah, they don't know who they are
0: yeah I mean one of the things I, I I work with those those people on specifically is you have to have your next act because yes. it's almost like saying that pulls you through that you create this new yeah, identity
1: in in the u s in the u s uh firefighters and cops when they retire they stay the whole time they tire they're you know what the average lifespan is on them in the military retired sergeant major average what? lifespan for retired sergeant major or retired cop if they do the full term or retired chief firefighter Five years.
0: Well, after they've left, they live for five years.
1: Five years. Average lifespan. Stroke, suicide, health. Five years.
0: Five years.
1: Five years. So they do all that, and they finally hang it up to live their life, and they live. They don't make it five years.
0: That's incredible. I I'd never heard that stat before.
1: Horrible, absolutely horrible, and it comes down to what we're talking about. They have no second act. They have not turned the chapter. So for me, I got out. I thought everything was gonna be great. It was far from great. I fucking fell apart, completely unraveled and fell apart. And I didn't even know who I was. I couldn't I looked at i I couldn't connect with my family. um and I was having a ton of memories and weird stuff start to happen. so let me explain that real quick. So, When you're in the military or when you're doing a job, even your old job, you're moving at 300 miles an hour. You're on a train, you're on a, you're on a bullet train going 300 miles an hour. Well, while you're going through, while you're going 300 miles an hour and you're going through this decade plus of, of work, you are, you are a culminating, um, baggage. You're picking up things along the way. For me, it was dead friends. It was traumatic events. But you don't ever, because you're going 300 miles an hour, you don't ever stop to process that information. We lose a guy on an operation. The operation still has to continue. And then you're like, well, we'll deal with it when we get back. And when you get back, you prep your gear, you go rest, and then you prep it again, and you're going for the next mission. And then the next one, oh, we'll prep it when we get home. When you get home, you're just, you just train, you just start to go right back into the training block for the next deployment. So you never slow down to actually deal with it. You just put it in a box, in a chest, and you put it away. Well, the problem with once you leave those careers, once you're once you're, you know, you're the footballer who played football from the time you were four years old and on the Pee-Wee League all the way up until the, you know, the professionals at 23 and then your knee goes out. Or you're the career guy who was going to retire at 30 years and they laid you off at 28 to save to save them pension, which I think is hilarious because everybody's like, well, I'm going to go get this. You know, it's a whole separate conversation. I'm going to get this job and we're going to be safe and I'm going to put it into my wow. pension and they let you go a year that. I
0: talk about that all the time about the safety yeah. of employment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the scam. Yeah. Uh, they're not, no, they're not looking out for you anyways. Or you're the mom who's dedicated their life to raising their kids and the kids walk out the door at 18 and they go, you're welcome for me investing 18 years of my life into you mom good luck with everything
0: (laughs) yeah yeah empty nest I get it
1: right so it doesn't matter you've accumulated all of this stuff and you haven't dealt with it because you've been moving 300 miles an hour and the problem is when that thing's when that thing stops and you go to 10 miles an hour all of that baggage is still going 300 miles an hour and is going to hit you square in the back of the head and now you've got to now you're forced to deal with it how do people and you say it?
0: when you say that happened to you, what what specifically happened? Like oh know, man, depression and all that. I get that, but yeah,
1: but, uh, depression. And, uh, I was seeing. I, I was for the first time ever. I I was remembering uh, all of my dead friends. That was really that was really affecting me. Um, my self worth, my my belief. I felt like I had been lied to. I felt like I did this job. And I was promised this thing on the other side, and, and it just wasn't there. It was a lie. What, what did so you think
0: that thing was going to be?
1: I don't know. I don't even. I don't even know. They tell you this thing like once you're do. Once you're this person. Once you're in this unit, you're like that for life. You're in it for life. But the reality is this, man. The phone stops ringing. People stop calling. They keep going on. The mission continues. Right.
0: So you're left behind.
1: You're left behind. So now I just sacrificed sacrificed my entire youth. From 19 to 31, sacrifice my time with my watching my kids grow up, sacrifice birthdays, sacrifice Christmas, sacrifices, sacrificed everything. And I'm left with nothing. It was all a big lie. What did I sacrifice for? What did I serve for? It was all for nothing. Right? that's what i felt like i felt like a fraud i felt like i just wasted you know over a decade of my life and now i'm just left with what just a shell of a human being drinking way excessively to kind of self-medicate um on all kinds of uppers you know the the our our veterans administration does us no favors so they put us on downers to go to sleep and uppers to wake up and like they damn near killed me at one point I went to respiratory arrest because of their medications that they were giving me, um, which happened actually is two, two of my friends have died from that. Um, So nonetheless, and again, these are all still, these are still choices, you know, but all that stuff hit me and I just damn near on one night um, it's in the book and went down to the beach with the full intention of just calling it. And the reason why, and, and I talk about this a lot, it's it's not because, you know, I don't think people, when they want to commit suicide, that they want to die. I think they're just so miserable and they're in so much pain that they just want the pain to stop. They want to break from the torment. So they make a permanent solution off a temporary problem. Because they don't have, well, they, they don't they ha-
0: think. I think the problem is is more permanent though don't they yeah well I mean, they, I mean there's a bit yeah where
1: they're... they're stuck they're stuck in this loop and they don't see a way out that's and that comes and they just want they and i don't think they want to die you know what i mean i don't, I don't so, think that they like so why didn't you do it
0: that night at the beach um
1: oh, I mean, it's in the book but it's a lot of it's a lot of different things um i'm a very aquatic person and i actually i chose the beach because i thought it would be like easier to clean up you know what i mean
0: so aquatic means what you can swim
1: yeah yeah. but like no no aquatic <laughs> like i just like though i've always liked the water I no I, I, I was just
0: there's a there's yeah. a decision point where you're you know did you actually go to the beach
1: yeah i went to the i was on the beach
0: so you were there but you didn't yeah. do it you didn't i didn't do it because you, once here.
1: i started here uh, once i started hearing the waves you know i had my little freak out started hearing the waves and the beach just calms me down if i'm ever frustrated or pissed off i just go to the beach
0: yeah i'm the same i love
1: it and it's just put my feet in the sand feet in the water and it just kind of calms me down i could breathe i feel like i can breathe better but the sound of the waves thinking about my girls it just kind of it kind of just recentered me and I, and not to get too crazy and hippie, but like if you talk about frequencies in the earth and then the concrete jungles we build and we yep. there's some there's a there's a reason why when you go out into wilderness and you put your feet in the sand and you get away from technology you feel like this weight comes off of you you know oh, yeah, look into that look no, into dive, human frequencies and the earth frequencies the reason why
0: I live near a forest and yeah. after this conversation, I'm gonna be walking in the forest. So I yeah. get it. I mean, what I'm really interested here, right? And thank you, thank you for sharing that, because it's not I'm sure it's not always easy, even though you've probably shared this a lot of times. Hundred of times, yeah. But you know, I think there's there's a thought that comes to me, and again, I'm just gonna ask the question, right? Yeah. There are there are people who come, you know, out of the situation that you've been in, and we mentioned the the five year lifespan or that they they go down a path and they never come back from that, right? Yeah. And it happens a lot. Mm. And then there's people like yourself, right. Who dig out of that, you know, come out of the loop, right. And there's a lot of learning in here and all these things. When you reflect on this, why did, why, why were you different? I mean, what was it? We, we talked at the very beginning for context, the fact that you had this belief and you were street smart and you had ways of getting yourself out of situations that were painful. Right.
1: Mm.
0: But how does this all come together?
1: see it's so difficult to without being like super egotistical um i refuse i refuse to lose nick and i and i and i didn't realize that in my younger youth in my youth it wasn't until i'm like damn near my age now maybe a few years ago that i just realized that oh i'm i refuse to lose I, I am an unbeatable human being.
0: I don't think that's un- that's, that's that's an identity.
1: I am unbeatable. You can, no one can beat me. You might beat me in a battle, but I'm gonna win the war. And the, really the and, and and to be realistic, the, the battle is within oneself.
0: Yeah. I'm
1: battling be. myself. But the point being is is, and I talk about this a lot in my coaching group and my mentorship group is the man who is willing to go the distance, the man who is willing to show up when he's tired, the man who is willing to show up when he's hungry, the man went like the other day I flew, I had a business meeting for this, this merger that I'm going through um, for my coaching business. We're merging with another coaching business, yep. which is super scary and awesome all at the same time. Um, <laughs> I flew, I took a red eye to California. I'm on the East coast. Took a red eye to California. So i show up had to work all day right so i'd worked all day flew worked all day took the second red eye to get back so i want to be back for my family i had a full day of work then and then i had to deliver a mentorship call to my coaching group which i love and my mom even said she she called me to check in on me she goes i said mom i had 27 minutes of sleep on the plane so I took a nap for the, the third night. I guess that was the third day. I took 27 minutes of sleep. And she goes, "Yeah, but you like that. Every once in a while, you like to make you feel alive." And I said, "Mom, don't diminish my 27 20- <laughs> my my struggle here." Oh, no, mate, I she called said, it as it is.
0: I'm, he I'm here. It, yeah, I'm here she, thinking you know, this is this is a walk in the park for you, mate. I'm sure when you're on on these tours, there were points where you had to stay up all night with all sorts of books Oh, uh, yeah, yeah there. sure,
1: but you know, then then you have ProVigil and you have all these. You know, you have they they give you good drugs to stay awake, but nonetheless um I do like it even though I'm exhausted I'm in pain I'm nauseous I, I you know I'm nauseous because I'm so tired I don't know if you've ever been so you've been so tired that you actually physically get nauseous oh,
0: yeah I, I um I used to run ultra marathons all the way through the night you know so you imagine 24 hours of running and and you know yeah yeah so it's yeah I know, weird, I know it's that
1: almost like you're hung over right you get that I weird, love hungover I it feeling. I love it yeah because
0: <laughs> because you know it's at that point of you know b- 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 slight sort of um sidetrack you can't be more present.
1: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right you're yeah. you're alive, right? You feel oh, yeah. alive. Yeah. So that's what's that's what's very funny. Is so here I am and I'm t- I'm delivering this. And I, I explained to them. I said, listen, when you become the man who does the thing in spite of your situation, regardless, I'm like, haven't slept in almost three days, and I'm still leading my team. I'm still making wins. I'm still doing sales calls. I'm still spending time with my family. I show up regardless. Hungry, wet, sick, tired, doesn't fucking matter. I am going to be there. I'm going to do the damn thing. How many people go, oh, well, I didn't sleep. So I'm going to call out or I'm going to do this. or I'm not going to go to the gym or I, you know, or I haven't eaten. So I'm not going to do, this. they just make excuses. The man who is willing to do the thing in spite of the situation is the guy who will be, is unbeatable. You can't compete with me because while you're taking a break, because of because you took a red eye because you missed a meal while you're taking downtime, i'm driving forward at the same speed
0: did you realize and 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 there is obviously alignment with what we spoke about at the beginning of this conversation but when you're in that sort of pretty dark place was it this understanding of yourself this identity again i'm going to say of yourself that you started to connect with at that point you see what I mean? Because there's a bit where you might be feeling really crap and everything else that's going on, but there's a point where you have such belief in yourself that that takes over any other feeling that you have.
1: I think so, because when I got there, did you read the book by any chance?
0: No, I scanned through. I, I, I did want to get into the seven things today, but we're probably not going to do that, but I'm going to say yeah, so, read the book anyway.
1: But <laughs> yeah, so So when I'm on the beach, I got angry. It was one of the things I just got angry. I got so freaking angry. I was screaming and yelling, top of my lungs. And I think maybe you, maybe you just kind of, you kind of just kind of pulled something out of me there. I think I think there was maybe not consciously, but I think it was the anger of which the situation that I was in because that was a pivotal moment when I came off that beach. That was a pivotal moment for me. I didn't have the answers. I wasn't fixed. But after that is when the The route of healing, the route of becoming who I am today, began.
0: You know what it sounds like to me, right? Again, just I've met you for an hour. (laughs) It sounds like there was a bit of a subconscious, subconscious thing that changed.
1: Yes, there was definitely, and that's, and I think it was due to the frustration. But thinking about my personality, thinking about that, it wasn't. It was definitely subconscious. I was angry at my, at where I was, maybe angry at myself, angry at the situation, just angry this is where
0: you tap into in my opinion this is where you start to tap into resources that aren't always obvious right and 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 then that's and there's there's a mix that happens at the at the part of that that then starts to reinvent yourself
1: so right? right so nick when i came back off that beach now i granted i didn't have the solutions but i had the resolve i came back and of course i poured another drink you know <laughs> of
0: course of course you, you know <laughs> cuz you're medicating at that point in time and yeah. I, no i probably would have done the same but thing all good but that's the only <laughs> thing that
1: i had right that but i knew that i was on track I, I knew that i was going to do something about it but i just didn't have the resources that night right so i call in and i i i pour another another very hefty glass of you know bourbon uh, or whiskey or whatever i was drinking at the time and um but that was the pivotal moment of when i went all in on personal growth and development yeah seeking mentors getting and you know what and as and as i started to seek it they started to show up at my door
0: there we go
1: and i and i i could name drop you know three different people in different chapters of my life that i'm still in contact with today that i that i dedicate they're in the book i dedicate them to who, like didn't
0: mention them here who are they uh
1: carl munger uh yeah. carl munger is the executive director of Gallant few um through uh through a network i started to help other vets maybe in a way to help myself and he found he He found out about it and he said, Hey, we need to scale this, but by doing, by helping other people, by helping other people, he really looked at me and said, well, you you really need to help yourself. But by doing so, I put myself as a Guinea pig for all these different therapies and all these different things of human performance and mental. And I ended up going to a two week brain clinic and, and it was all because really of him. And then the next one was Kirk Weisler who's uh he's the chief morale officer he does corporate culture um he's a father of like i think eight (laughs) um great great human being um the doctor that my at my brain clinic and then finally my 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 business coach mentor and uh now business partner bedras coolian um you know i hired him as a business coach we became very good friends and we actually liked each other so much he said one day we're gonna do business we don't know what (laughs) (laughs) We're going to work together and he's the one we're going through the merger through right now. Wow. uh, okay, That's huge. That's very, uh... yeah, very stoked about that. But that's, those, these are all very pivotal and there's more, you know, there's more people, friends. Um, But, and I didn't go find them. I didn't go like Google people like who did this. They just manifested themselves in my life. As I walked the path, Right. And people go, like, what is how do I find this? How do I find it? How do I find these people? You don't they find you because you walk the path and you run into them. You have to execute. You have to start. It's like, well, I'm depressed and I don't like where I'm at. Well, where are you at? Are you doing anything about it? Are you just sitting on your couch feeling far sorry for yourself? That's never gonna work. You have to execute. And you're gonna fail. That's okay. You're gonna fail, but you have to start doing. And when you start doing, that's when you start and you go through the journey you, these people put themselves on their path and you run into them and that's what changes. That's the what, change What
0: you did though. And I can, again, cause I did something very similar. I, I, I put myself, I say, I put myself in a different room, mm-hmm. right? That that's what I did. So, so after I broke my teeth three weeks later, I ended up at a Tony Robbins event, right? Randomly. But, yeah. but here's the thing, right? And this is my reflection of it. And I think there's probably some, again, some alignment with you and I on this is, You kind of manifested it yes but you you had to walk the path walking the path is not a small thing no okay and and for me it was about putting myself in different environments now i didn't actively go out there and seek mentors necessarily or coaches Mm -hmm. but what i did do was start to think differently about um values my mindset you know i I started to challenge what i had you know thought before right or and and challenge whether, whether it was true Okay. And then when I did that, people started to appear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I do exactly. this thing, right? I write everything down. I write, write everything down. And um, I, I like to write down goals and, and what I want my life to be like and things like that. I You can't see this here, but I've got a, a screensaver which says 10 years, 10 goals. Right. Now quite often I write them down and forget about them. Right. You write them down and forget, you know, whatever. I don't sit there and read them every day. I sometimes find an old journal and I go back and go, what did I write in 2021? Holy shit. This has all happened. Didn't really, didn't even, I forgot I even wrote it down. Yeah. And and there's something within all of that sort of stuff. So my view would be that at that beach that night, you know, there was definitely something that clicked and changed. Mm -hmm. You then became, you had a different level of consciousness and awareness that started to come from that, which then got you on that different path. And then from that, your energy was different. So you just attracted a whole different range of things that you probably you didn't even realize you needed but you did right
1: right and then and then what happens is there's there's a snowball effect just like a negative snowball effect right you go down the negative way the way there's there's a, there's a compounding interest thing that happens well there's it's on the on the other side there's a combating interest thing that happens as well and it got to where it got to where and then the more you go but the more you do it the more it picks up speed mm-hmm. and the bigger it gets to where now and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, everything in my life has a return of investment. If it doesn't give me a return of investment on my vision, on my goals, then it doesn't enter my life. Period. That's it. There is no, there is no question. Either it gives me a positive ROI, or I don't do it. Now, when you, people go, well, I don't have enough time for X, Y, and Z, it's because I go if I sit them down in my in my conference room and we do a we do a coaching session, give me your top priorities in life. Now show me your routine. Show me where you spend your money. I'm going to find a lot of things that are not in, in, in that are not concurrent
0: yep.
1: with their priorities. Well
0: they're in conflict.
1: Right. So your priorities is what? Your family, your health. Well why are you spending 80 hours a week at work? Why, and then when you do come home, you're so tired, you're just going to drink a beer and you're going to sit on the couch, stare at the wall or watch sports. But you tell me your your health and your family is your number one priority. It's bullshit. Now, it's not necessarily bullshit. Maybe that in their heart that is, but they're feeling like they have to do these things. So it's an alignment issue. It's a return on investment issue. All of a sudden we start cutting out these things and we start doing the hard things and we have our, we have this saying called, we do it the hard way. You know, the easier, the hard way we do it, the hard way,
0: do it the hard way and things become easier, right?
1: Right. (laughs) But the easy road, the comfort road leads you to on that beach. It leads you depressed. It leads you anxious. It leads you, you know, cheating on your wife. It leads you drinking too much, drugs, pornography, gambling, all the negatives. That little voice in your head that says, oh, just take it easy. That voice in your head is not your friend. That voice in your head will walk you right off a fucking cliff. Eventually, just like cancer. Cancer starts with one cell and it will consume you. That one voice that says, oh, you worked hard. You can sleep in. Oh, you took a red eye. Just relax. Cancel your meetings. Take it, take it easy today. Recover. That voice is not your friend. That is an inner bitch
0: so if we if we talk about you
1: now hold on hold on nick if if the voice that you need to listen to is your inner advocate the one that says listen you're a badass you can do this buck up like rise to the occasion you are you are you have more in the tank to give people than what you feel right now that's the voice that you need to listen to that's the voice how do you
0: find that voice if it's not there
1: you well, duct not, tape
0: what's there but it's not like it's not no, no, what happens artist.
1: is what happens is most people's most people's advocate most people's self that their their self-esteem they're the, the one that's in there like you're a badass you're a top g you're the number one guy in your life you can do this they've got that guy duct taped and in the trunk of their car meanwhile the inner bitch the one that's the the comfort guy is sitting is sitting shotgun whispering in their ear and so what they, they need so to, to do
0: taped up they've taped up the wrong person
1: They've taped up the wrong person. <laughs> you need to tape up the other guy and then put your inner advocate as the co-pilot being like, you got this, man. How many people in their inner thoughts go, you have this, you can do this. In the darkest of times, in the hardest of times, your brain, the voice in your head is saying you have what it takes. Or how many people are saying you this is not going to work. You're going to fail. You need to step out. You need to step back.
0: Wow. So the the question the question is (laughs) and you know what? I'm not gonna get you to answer it. (laughs) Because I think this is quite an interesting way. This is a good place for us to kind of start to wrap it
1: up. I want to talk about the chapters though. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it, but I want people to read the book.
0: So the the good thing about the the
1: chapters in your life. I want to explain the chapters in the life. Yeah. Well, what I was gonna say is like
0: well, the question I was gonna say, the question is like how do you how do you connect with how do you make that switch? Right to to the easy. voice that's serving you
1: versus this is not so easy. You're in the shower, and you and you, you know a lot of people like to take or like it's a big thing. I'm on on cold exposure, right? Yeah, I'm sure it's yep. bled over there. Oh, You're yeah, like, no well, I'm gonna start. Way. I'm gonna start doing. Uh, I'm gonna start doing cold showers at the end of my shower. I'm gonna do 60 seconds. As soon, and everybody should be able to relate with this. As soon as there's a voice in your head negotiating, do the opposite of what that voice is saying. Oh, I don't want to. It's too early. Uh, You did this. You did this. I don't need to turn it to cold. As soon as that negotiation starts happening, you turn it all the way to cold and you shut him up. But see, (laughs) the thing is- That's pretty much
0: my morning. You know, you've just nailed it. I did that every morning, by the way. But but (laughs) you know what? I don't negotiate with myself anymore because I'm just so used to doing it. Just, exactly. It's just
1: the thing now, right? Because exactly, that's the point. You have you have duct taped him and put him in the truck. He doesn't have, his voice is not as loud. You never get rid of him. He's always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but no, he's always the point back
0: where there. I, put it this way, he's tried too many, he's he's probably given up now. He's tried too yeah. many times and I and I just <laughs> turned the tap anyway.
1: <laughs> right. So as soon as you start negotiating with taking, like the voice in your head is telling you to take the easy road versus the 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 road less traveled you do the other thing you do the opposite and
0: instinctively i think we always know what that is right? right like you know as you said before the going to the gym versus not i'm tired today versus not i do think there's a balance sometimes between grace right but yeah. but there is a point where you know 80 percent of the time
1: it's a slippery slope But yeah i get it I it's get a very it. slippery slope so uh, let's I'm, talk about I've, let's talk about i've gone these... i've gone full cyborg where i'm like i'm i just want to be a freak to where i just it doesn't matter i just do the thing anyway
0: well, wow, I can see that in you, but that's probably your personality type as well. Yeah.
1: So the, so, the, so, real quick, before we wrap up the chapters in your life, I, I people get stuck, all right? And we go, going back to the, to going back to what I used to do, or, you know, the footballer, the mom, the corporate guy, it doesn't matter what it is. There is this fear, and I'm going to go ahead and cut to the chase. There's this fear. You get stuck in this thing and you don't want to have the conversation with your wife. You don't want to apply for the job. You don't want to register the business that you're going to start your business. You don't want to start the book. You don't want to network. Whatever the thing is, you don't do it. And what I mean by that is you're stuck in the chapter. I was stuck in a chapter of being a Marine Raider, being a special operations Marine, because I thought this, what if that was the best chapter of my life? what if the what if what if what comes after this is just subpar my life is subpar from here on out i've peaked i peaked in this area of my life and then nothing's ever going to become nothing's going to become better than this so what happens is people stay right there and they don't move on because of fear of uncertainty fear of the unknown fear of failure but the reality is this ladies and gentlemen the one that the, the the story that you're about to write, the story that you're not writing might be the best chapter of your life. And you're not writing it because of fear of the unknown. And I'll tell you right now, I was the guy that you watch on movies, riding motorcycles out of the back of helicopters in bad guy land with guns and all my friends. Was the most epic, one of some of the most epic shit i have ever done. And that was not even the best chapter of my life. Currently the chapter I'm in right now is truly without a shadow of a doubt, the best chapter of my life. And it, it pains me to watch people not start writing that next chapter.
0: Is that in terms of kind of your purpose now, is it to help people?
1: I think so. I think my mission in life, I don't think I know. Uh, i i I figured out in 2018 before i even did it in 2018 i figured out my mission in life my 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 personal mission was to inspire educate and motivate others to live a more healthier and successful life that's it and i when i figured that out through this book of through kirk weisler actually recommended it's called where will you be in five years so and don't 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 get uh. Don't get worried. It's like a lot of big words. It's like five pages. It just gets you to ask some questions about yourself. It's not a super in-depth book. Um, but it just gets you to ask some questions about yourself. And, and I don't really even believe in the where will you be in five years. I, I really believe in just talking about asking yourself questions of what is what what matters most to you. And that's what came out of that book. And that's been my mission since 2018. I wasn't even doing that then, but now I am all into that. And that's all, all I do.
0: Everything starts with a thought, right? So, you know, there's the thing where you, if you ask, if you get, if you ask yourself the right questions, Mm -hmm. right, quite often you'll find the answers, right? And that's, and that's it. That's, that's why I think there's something really big, whether it's three years, five years, whatever it is, the point being is that like, you know, you've created this identity and this reality now, Mm -hmm. right?
1: You may, I manifested it. Yeah, I manifested this over the period of five years. Yeah. And I'm not, and and I'm, and Nick, I'm just getting warmed up. I'm just getting warmed
0: up wow okay so this is cool um this has been one of the longest episodes I've done in ages (laughs) I was I was riveted like (laughs) you know I can go
1: you know you know I can go for three hours this is you know what I could have
0: you've inspired me I think Nick to start to do some long form stuff I'd prefer to be sitting across the table you know doing this for three hours because we could have gone a lot deeper into a lot more things
1: well maybe I'll fly over I got no problem with that
0: there you go well I where are you
1: are you in Florida I'm in north carolina now
0: north carolina that's right so yeah i mean i'm over that part of the world as well um cool listen mate i i've thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that thank you um i was as i said listening intently the whole way through um the, the the even the transitions that we covered through through kind of that story but um if people want to reach out to you learn more about what you do you said before you have mentorship coaching programs we know mm-hmm. what your mission is how do they do that
1: um just go you can follow me on instagram Um, I'm on YouTube. I'm on all the all the social media networks. Um, And it's very pretty actually very easy to get a hold of me and make myself very, very available to the entire world. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> um that can sometimes
1: be an issue later on but i'm sure <laughs> yeah yeah one of these Either days way. we're not we're not there we're not there yet nick but one of these days that will be an issue but it's we're, when you jump, team, on, a, the, it's when
0: you jump the, on a tony robbins stage and tell your story yeah, there the, the, that, you, that the, you have 400 people emailing you the next day yeah the
1: team the team and i have a very good uh system put in place um to be able to handle everything but you know so far we're doing very well
0: right well listen um On behalf of everyone who listens to the show and certainly from myself, it's been an absolute pleasure, Nick. Thank you for coming on today and having this great conversation. Thank you, sir. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you enjoy the show just as much as I enjoy creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me, it helps the show Plus, it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything you heard in today's show or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.